We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for you fine folks and the fine folks at the B-Dub. And we're kicking off. It's uh, towards the end of the week, leading up to the 49ers matchup against the Chicago Bears. And for the most part, it's been a relatively normal week. The only thing that wasn't normal was how the uh, Arizona Cardinals Green Bay Packers Thursday night football game just ended. The Cardinals suffered their first loss of the season. Uh, at the hands of the car of the Packers in one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen. So just to set the scene, I'm sure everybody listening to this has did did see the game or saw at least this portion of the game. Um, the Cardinals were driving down the field with a couple minutes left. Uh, they'd come all the way to, I believe, right around the five yard line. Right around the five yard line, and they have about. I'm trying to, I'm looking at 50. Yeah, they have there, uh, they have a it's second and five with 15 seconds left on the five yard line. Kyler Murray throws a pass, and this was also right after Kyler Murray had scrambled, and I believe it was on third down. Doesn't get the first down, but the ref just kind of wings it and gives it to him. It was, it was clear that he was short, but no one had time to review it, no one reviewed it. Gave him the first down. Um, I think I think Chase Edmonds had just like a short run to start the uh, to start that uh, that next set of plays. And Kyler Murray throws on second down, second and five. He throws to the right to AJ Green, who 
just runs up and blocks his man as if he had no idea that a pass was even being thrown. Kyler Murray throws it to him. The ball is literally flying past the back of his head. The cornerback, who A.J. Green is blocking, comes off of him and kind of like gets his hand in front of the ball and gets his hands on the ball and tips it up in the air and catches it with his two feet in bounds to intercept the Cardinals in the closing seconds. I believe there was like about 10 seconds left, 12 seconds left after the Cardinal or the, excuse me, the Packers intercepted the ball. And A.J. Green never had any idea what was going on. I tweeted that his controller died. He just looked like he short-circuited. He just walked up, put his hands on the the, the, car, uh, the cornerback in front of him, and let the ball fly right behind him. The cornerback broke away from him and caught the pass to end the game. It's the weirdest, one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen. And A.J. Green is just like, he kind of just looks off to the left, back at the play, and just has no idea what just happened. And it's not like A.J. Green's a new guy. Like, it was just one of the weirdest things, weirdest plays, weirdest endings I've ever seen. So the Cardinals are no longer, no longer undefeated. They're now 7-1, and one, and the Packers are also 7-1. and one. So the Cardinals are going to be going into next week's, not this week, next week's matchup with the 49ers at Levi Stadium in just a little bit of a funk. Not to mention the fact that on that last play, where Kyler Murray was intercepted, he limped off the field. I think he took a hit as he was throwing. He limped off the field. Who knows if that'll be serious. But the once undefeated Cardinals just looked look a little vulnerable as they they do have 10 days. They do have a longer week because they did play in Thursday night football and then their next game is until Sunday, so uh, next Sunday. So that they get almost 10 days. But weird ending, no longer undefeated. And if the 49ers want to have any chance of maintaining any sort of a playoff hope or a playoff run, beating the Cardinals at Levi Stadium is probably going to be pretty essential, along with their the week after that, their matchup against the Rams. So, you know, a little bit of a step in the right direction. Obviously, the 49ers and the Cardinals don't have very much in common right now. The Cardinals are 7-1. The 49ers are 2-4. and four, And they've lost four straight. The Cardinals just lost their first one. But the NFL's weird like that. 49ers could all of a sudden snap into, into place. The Cardinals could fall apart. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, look at the Chiefs right now. They don't even look like a good team. Now, who would have predicted that going into the season? I believe Pat Mahomes was like one of the favorites to win MVP. And he's just been mediocre. It's been weird. It's just, it's been weird to watch. But now I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Let's get back to the 49ers. Um, like I said, just kind of a relatively low-key week. Nothing too tumultuous except for a rumor about a Jimmy Garoppolo trade that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, I'll open up the practice. The practice. <laughs> mm. Um, that's the coach speaking right there. I'll open up the, the pod with, uh, an injury report from Kyle Shanahan. Um, as far as, and this is, you know, obviously the, the biggest indicator of what's going to happen, uh, in Sunday's game is tomorrow, which would be Friday. Uh, that's usually when they start getting very, very specific about who's out, who's in. Um, but there's some, there's some notable injuries in here for the 49ers, uh, right now, just straight from the injury report, did not participate in Thursday's practice is linebacker Aziz Al-Shair, who suffered a concussion. 
Um, never really a good sign if you're spending that much time in the concussion protocol. The same can be said for defensive end D Ford. Both him and Alshire are in the concussion protocol and haven't come out yet. Uh, doesn't mean they can't necessarily play on Sunday, but they've got to go through the entire process. Um, and that obviously hasn't happened yet. Uh, Nick Bosa didn't practice, um, but take a sigh of relief. It was just a rest day. He's all good. Uh, defensive lineman Maurice Hurst still did not practice with a calf injury. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, who we will mention a little bit later again, uh, he didn't practice with a knee injury. Uh, Jaquaski Tart, same, he suffered a knee bruise um, against the Colts, and he didn't practice. He's expected to miss a few weeks. And this the surprise to me was Trent Williams. Offensive tackle Trent Williams uh, still is not practicing with both an ankle and an elbow injury. The uh, the elbow injury was supposed to be very, fairly, you know, it wasn't serious. We'll just say that. It wasn't supposed to be serious. Uh, the ankle injury popped up, and now um, he's missed quite a bit of practice. I think he's missed probably about a full week of practice to that ankle injury. And before the Colts game, I was confident that he was going to play because it just seemed like it wasn't being broadcasted as being very serious, but he didn't play. And now it's looking like he probably will not play against the Bears. So, I mean, especially when you're talking about a long road trip like that, there's probably a lot of players on this list, um, if not all of them, other than Nick Bosa, of course, that aren't even going to make the trip. They won't even get on the plane. So we'll see what's happening with Trent Williams. Um, it's hard to it's hard to get a gauge on 49ers injuries sometimes because I feel like the team is always either very secretive about them or doesn't know how to describe them or isn't always clear about the severity. And so you just never really know what to expect. What seemed like a relatively you know minimal ankle injury is now looks like it might keep Trent Williams out of uh, of multiple games. So. So we'll see. Uh, limited participant, defensive lineman Samson Ebukam, who, according to Matt Barrows of The Athletic, uh, walked off practice kind of gingerly, um, and then he popped up on the injury report being limited with an angle. We'll see uh, We'll see about that. Linebacker Marcel Harris is still limited with a thumb. Quarterback Trey Lance uh, is still limited with his knee strain. Plenty of videos came out about him uh, or showed him moving around in practice. Looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. Looked pretty healthy. Um, and then you have wide receiver Debo Samuel, who returned to practice in a limited fashion uh, after suffering a calf injury against the Colts. Kyle Shanahan in Thursday's interview, uh, I believe it's actually Wednesday's interview, said just seemed relatively positive about it. Said he'd be surprised if he wasn't able to go. So I don't think we need to necessarily worry too much about Debo Samuel, who is uh, – among the lead leader, league leaders in receiving right now, pretty much the 49ers go-to guy, uh, especially with George Kittle out. Now, a few things that Kyle Shanahan did touch on. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr., running back type. Running back type Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, the 49ers do expect him to get him, get him back in a couple weeks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said there was the off chance that he could start practicing next week, uh, which is good, which is good. Right now, the 49ers depth chart, at running back is just okay. You know, you have Elijah Mitchell, who's looked pretty strong. 
Not going to lie, he looks good. We'll see how that keeps going. Jermichael Hasty's had his moments. Um, those are just a couple of young running backs. Jermichael Hasty, year two. Elijah Mitchell's a rookie. And then you have Trey Sermon and Trenton Ken kind of in the, in the back of the deal there. The fact that the 49ers third round running back is just buried at the bottom of the depth chart, not a good sign, but we'll see. We'll see. So um, Jeff Wilson Jr., a guy who's proven, a guy who, who seems like is one of those guys that could could lead a backfield on another team. You know, getting him back would be nice. But the 49ers aren't necessarily shorthanded at running back, but having a guy uh, that's a little more proven, like Jeff Wilson Jr., would, would obviously help. Um, defensive lineman Kevin Givens' practice window was opened, which is great. Uh, the 49ers can use all of the depth along that defensive line that they can get, especially with, uh, with Javon Kinlaw and Maurice Hurst missing time. Um, and Kevin Givens, kind of an underrated player, seems to uh, have a knack for kind of disrupting plays, and but has never really gotten big, big-time reps as a starter just because the 49ers have always been so talent-laden along the defensive front. So getting him back is a good thing. Um, in one of the videos I retweeted from Matt Barrows regarding Trey Lance moving around at practice, you're watching it, and then George Kittle comes running just across the camera. Um, he's just working out. But Kyle Shanahan did seem optimistic that they would get George Kittle back out at practice next week. So that's good. That's good. Seems like the 49ers, despite that kind of a lengthy injury report, are steadily getting healthier. You know, you got like Trent Williams, who you expect to get back relatively soon. Um, you know, the D Ford and Aziz Alshair concussions, but probably not long-term, hopefully long-term. Whenever you're looking at long-term concussions, that gets kind of scary. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. The, the biggest storyline, and I, and hopefully you can tell by the way I said storyline, it was very much quotes on either side of it. Just typical. We don't have much to talk about this week. Let's drum something up type stuff was the report based on an excerpt from Seth Wickersham's book, which we've talked about before. Trying to remember in what the regard was we talked about it. Can't remember exactly what we talked about Seth's book. I know it has to do with the Patriots, uh, probably about Jimmy G. Um, but there was a report that the and it was very direct in saying that the 49ers turned down a second round pick from the Patriots for Jimmy G because they were hoping to get a first rounder, and this was before the draft. Okay. And then that was kind of just the general, this is what the book says. Then Seth Wickersham, who wrote the book tweeted, I never reported that new England offered a second for Jimmy G. I reported that there was an informal discussion. It's public that new England was at least interested in Jimmy and was waiting to see if the price might drop. Also public that SF might listen to any trade, but wanted a lot for him. Okay. So yeah, Pretty self-explanatory there. And then the the actual excerpt from Seth Wickersham's book. Let me... Okay, let me start where I feel like I need to start. All right, the Patriots... Um, This is straight from his book. The Patriots had been more aggressive in free agency than ever before in Bill Belichick's tenure, spending about $162.5 million in guaranteed money for 19 players. And they had re-signed Cam Newton and penciled him in as a starter. Still, the long-term hole at the game's most important position hovered over them. In the days leading up to the draft, rumors swirled around the league that the Patriots would trade for Garoppolo. 
sending Belichick's original planned replacement for Brady, his prized replacement, his seamless replacement, back to him. San Francisco seemed to have backed itself into an impossible corner, moving up in the draft a quarterback, moving up to draft a quarterback while trying to hold on to an expensive temporary starter who had no trade clause in his contract, giving him power over his future. There was an informal call between a high-level representative of the Patriots and a high-level 49ers official. What was Garoppolo's price? New England wondered if a second rounder would suffice, calling it even from 2017. But the 49ers wouldn't take less than a first. For the moment, at least, San Francisco was counting on Garoppolo to be the quarterback for 2021. The Patriots reached the same conclusion as San Francisco. They liked the potential of the available first-round quarterbacks more than Garoppolo and moved on. So going straight from the book doesn't seem like there's much to get spun over about. It does not say that the four, that the Patriots straight up offered the 49ers a second round pick. Doesn't say the 49ers turned them down. It said the Patriots wondered if a, a second round pick would suffice. I'm sure the two whoever these two high-level officials, if they did talk, did talk price. Uh, But that being said, it was just a bit too – this is all just – you guys know how I am, man. It it just was all too dramatic for me. And then, you know, you had all these people that are like, how could the 49ers have botched this trade? How could they have turned down a second for Jimmy G? Well, of course, that is everybody's opinion now that we've gotten to see six games or – Five games of Jimmy, five and a half games of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'm, I'm, excuse me, wouldn't be four and a half games of Jimmy Garoppolo, wouldn't it? Yep, we got one and a half of Trey Lance. Of course, everybody thinks that now because Jimmy Garoppolo's for the most part is kind of played like shit, whether he's healthy or not. He's kind of played like shit. So of course, everybody's like, "Damn, how could they turn down a second? But going into this season, the vast now there was definitely. Plenty, plenty of people that thought you should, you know, cut bait with Jimmy Garoppolo, save yourself that money, start Trey Lance, let's just go. There were also plenty of people like myself that were perfectly fine with the idea of developing Trey Lance while you have Jimmy G. Um, you know, if Jimmy G goes into the season and sucks, you can put in Trey Lance. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes into the season, plays well, the 49ers win games, they could probably make it into the playoffs and they can trade Jimmy Garoppolo next offseason for some, you know, a decent haul of picks. Well, the 49ers, you know, has season has, has wandered off into my first possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo sucking and Trey Lance needing to be put in. So of course, everybody now is like, well, you sh- of course you should have traded a second round pick for him because his value at this point is probably less than a second round pick. So not trading him for a second round pick seems crazy, but in the off season, you know, he, he's come back, he, he's healthy. He came back from that bad high ankle sprain. Uh, the expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo were relatively high. I'm not saying he was expected to light it up, but, you know, the 49ers brought in Trey Lance, you know, maybe which was something I, I theorized could light a fire, fire under Jimmy Garoppolo and really, you know, prompt him to maybe play his best season. A lot of maybes, a lot of hypotheticals, but that's just one of the realities that we talked about on the podcast. And unfortunately for the 49ers and for Jimmy G, uh, he hasn't played well. So now all of a sudden, the second rounder seems like it would have been great. But at the time, this the and th- there were even reports that the 49ers were trying to see if someone would offer them a first round pick. Didn't seem crazy at the time. 
would I have taken less than that? You know, if I was dead set on starting Trey Lance, then yeah, of course I would have. I would have taken a second round pick probably. But I just I don't think the 49ers are insane for trying to get more when in reality they feel like they're giving up their starting quarterback and and maybe forcing Trey Lance into the picture a little early than they earlier than they planned. So the idea that like, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna put us in this situation of starting Trey Lance just a little earlier than we want to. We'll do it, but you're going to have to make it worth us by get worth it by giving us a first round pick. That's not crazy. It's not ignorant, and I don't think that the 49ers or anybody for that matter expected Jimmy Garoppolo to play this bad. It, he just has not looked good. He has not looked capable. Uh, every week we're seeing clips of him just missing wide open players um, on a consistent basis. You know, making bad throws. It just hasn't been pretty. So now with the goggles of the all-important goggles of hindsight, of course they should have taken a second-round pick for him. But if that was really on the table, that just wasn't what the feeling was then. You know, I'm trying to think of, oh, the Tom Brady thing. That's the last time we talked about, you know, the hindsight express was everybody and their mom was like, how could the 49ers not have have taken Tom Brady up on his offer? How could they have gone with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, at the time, Tom Brady was coming off his shittiest season, and everybody was like, damn, he is done. And then he goes to freaking Tampa Bay and just absolutely has one of the best seasons of his entire career, and everybody's like, oh, man, the 49ers should have taken him, and it's just like, come on. So do I think the 49ers – yeah, do I think the 49ers have kind of mishandled the – Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation. Yeah, especially now that Jimmy Garoppolo is clearly not playing great. Do I think the 49ers were stupid for apparently turning down this second round pick in hopes of getting a first? No. It, whatever. It, it made sense to me. It makes sense to me now. It made sense to me at the time. Whatever. You know, it just, they, they gambled a little bit. It didn't work out. But it ain't that crazy. It ain't that crazy. Kyle Shanahan was asked. Uh, if the report that the Patriots offered a second round pick was true and Kyle Shanahan was like, nope, none. I'd also like to not keep answering questions about a book. I promise you if that was the case, then I would have talked to their head coach. Kyle Shanahan has a strong relationship with Bill Belichick. And obviously if the two teams were planning a trade, it would have been Kyle Shanahan talking to Bill Belichick, who is the GM alongside of John Lynch. So, you know, and then uh, to add a little bit more fuel to, or I guess to dampen that fire a little bit, Ian Rappaport tweeted today, circling back on Patriots and 49ers talking about Jimmy G pre-draft, New England not only didn't attempt to trade for Garoppolo, but could not have. Not close to enough cap room, not possible. Once they signed Cam, uh, once they signed Cam Newton, it was him and the young quarterback, and that's what he said pre-draft. So, you know. I don't know. Like I said, the book really says informal discussions. That's probably all that really happened. And it is what it is. Do I think the 49ers were crazy for possibly? Yeah, I, I said what I said. Y'all know what I think. Y'all know what I think on it. So we're ready to move on. But before we do, let's get a quick word in. From Y'all already know who it is. It's Tick Pick. 49ers football's back. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices 
on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, and if you think you can find a better price on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So they'll give you your, essentially give you your money back and some. So make sure you're getting on TickPick. You know, I just talked about it earlier. The 49ers have two absolutely crucial games coming up at Levi's Stadiums back-to-back against the Cardinals and the Rams. Get on TickPick. TickPick.com slash gold today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Hey, get up in those games and be a part of this Levi's Stadium crowd. All right? It's been fun. It's been fun to be there. Okay, it, it, you know, the 49ers haven't played well, but the stadium has still been popping. All right. Get on TickPick.com and check that out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Um, Kyle Shanahan did expand yesterday on why Trey Lance isn't starting. Basically, kind of the same stuff we had heard. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just said he doesn't think it's the right time to start Trey Lance. He doesn't believe it's fair to him to put him in this position. He doesn't believe it's fair to the team, who obviously expected to be winning games. Um, am I necessarily disagreeing with him? No, not not necessarily, but at the same time, to me, if you're going to give up that much for a quarterback and the guy you are keeping him on the sideline for is playing like crap, there's only so much of that you can let happen before it becomes negligent not to play the next guy. You know, I, there's only so much the 49ers can, there's only so long the 49ers can ride this Jimmy Garoppolo train if he's not going to play like what he was supposed to be. You know, I've said I don't want to. I don't want to get too long winded and and you know sound like a broken record on the pod. Y'all know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was very very much on board with him staying this season and starting. Let Trey Lance get as much time um, to develop from the sidelines in practice. But at this point, um, I'm not thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo offers you anything that Trey Lance doesn't. And at the very least, Trey Lance starting gives you developmental snaps, trial under fire 
get him out there, get him learning. That way in 2022, he's got his feet under him and the 49ers can think about winning some games. Interesting though. Interesting quote from Kyle Shanahan. Sorry, I'm kind of pausing right now because I'm like on the verge of seizing. I think I'm good, but sorry. I'm, I'm not even trying to sniff into the mic. Obviously, I don't want you guys to have to listen to me sniffing. Uh, we wrapped up our uh, our middle school football season yesterday. Didn't win a damn game, but sometimes it goes that way. Sometimes that's the first season I've ever coached where we didn't even win a game. But, you know, middle coaching middle school is so interesting because you get kids that are all over the spectrum whether you're they're on your team or you're playing against them. Some of these kids have already grown enough to to compete on a high school team, and some of these kids still look like they're in elementary school. I mean, middle school is such a short window of two years that you just get all kinds of different kids. And um we had some we had some some athletes, we had some some talent, but for the most part, we were pretty, pretty, pretty outmatched uh against every team we went against. Uh, I mean we did the uh, the coin toss at the start of the game uh yesterday on Wednesday, and their four captains were like five ten and above and our four captains were like five eight and below and it was just like we just looked at each other like damn these guys are huge uh had some fun though scored some points uh it was still a respectable game but unfortunately didn't go our way point being um i'm out running around on the grass with these kids with uh, some nice hereditary allergies so i'm trying not to sniff too much for you guys i apologize if one sneaks out every now and then and i'm certainly not trying to sneeze if I do, I'm just going to mute the mic and there'll be a little awkward silence in there. Maybe I'll play like a digital sneeze or a, a little sound effect or something. But, you know, I'm just being real with you guys. So Kyle Shanahan kind of, you know, elaborated on why Trey Lance isn't starting or kind of why he isn't considering him to start or kind of why it's not a competition. Just he, I think he kind of just feels like the situation sucks for Trey to be out there, which I could kind of understand. Like the 49ers are playing like shit. Receivers are dropping ball. The defense is, is, you know, you're just throwing Trey Lance out into a shitty situation. But like I already said, it is reps. It is time under center. It is developing a rapport with your teammates. It may not be under the best of circumstances, but how much better for his development is the sideline? I don't know. Now, interesting quote during this press conference that kind of maybe just a little bit tipped Kyle Shanahan's, Shan- Kyle Shanahan's hand. Could be reading too much into it, but um, he was asked about Trey Lance's progression since the offseason, since OTAs, all the way up until now. And Kyle Shanahan's quote was this, I think it's been good. I think it was real unfortunate that at the time he got to play, I thought he was ready to take off a little bit, after that, getting that experience. And what he's referring to is the game against the Cardinals. So I'm just going to kind of start over. I think it's been good. I think it was real unfortunate that at the time he got to play, I thought he was ready to take off a little bit after that, getting that experience. I thought that was going to be great for him to come back the next week, especially with Jimmy banged up a little bit, but he had an unfortunate injury and it's lasting a little longer than expected. So I'm excited to see him get out there today. But he hasn't done anything in a couple weeks, so we'll see where his progress is now. What Kyle Shanahan is doing is basically kind of hiding behind that injury for now. Like, hey, we can't make any determination while he's hurt. But what he said earlier on in that sentence was, I thought that was going to be, I thought that was going to be great for him to come back the next week, especially with Jimmy banged up a little bit, but he had an unfortunate injury. And what that sounded like to me was. Kyle Shanahan was expecting to start 
Trey Lance against the Colts and give him a little bit of a stretch of games. Now, what's interesting, and that's not that interesting, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo suffers a calf injury and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance gets to start in this place. You know, that's what he did against the Cardinals. What is interesting, though, is Jimmy Garoppolo played against the Colts. They determined that that calf injury wasn't bad enough to keep him out of another game, whether it was Trey Lance or the third-string quarterback starting. Jimmy Garoppolo played in that Colts game. So if Kyle Shanahan would have gone with Trey Lance against the Colts had he never suffered that knee strain, that essentially means that Kyle Shanahan would have gone with Trey Lance over a Jimmy Garoppolo that was capable of playing. Now, very, very easily they could have gone under the guise of we're just giving giving Jimmy Garoppolo more time to make sure that injury is completely behind him because even Jimmy Garoppolo did say that he felt his calf injury while he's playing against the Colts. But, you know, it is what it is. He wasn't going to blame anything on it. But I do think it's interesting that Kyle Shanahan did say that he was – is expecting, planning, maybe hoping to play Trey Lance uh, against the Colts. And and that would have been interesting just given Jimmy Garoppolo's status as a player that was capable of playing. Uh, but the 49ers would have left Trey Lance out there. Now, you know, now you're talking some real back to the future alternate reality shit where, especially in a game like that that was that rainy, I could see Trey Lance really having himself a day. You know, where scrambling and, and running in himself in the rain rather than, you know, taking some of the throws that Jimmy Garoppolo took and missed or should have been picked off or did get picked off. You know, Trey Lance has an entirely different dimension to his his skill set that he could have leaned on, like we saw against the Cardinals um, during that game that might have completely altered the dynamic for the 49ers on offense. When obviously when it's raining, you want to be able to lean on that run game if it'll move the ball. And the 49ers weren't able to do that. They had to, you know, get Jimmy Garoppolo passing the ball, which on one drive looked great. They scored in like three plays, but then obviously it started to unravel at different moments throughout the game. So, uh, would have been interesting if, uh, if Trey Lance had started that game. But to me, the more interesting aspect of that is, you know, is Kyle Shanahan as far away from considering Trey Lance the starter as he makes it out to be? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he might be right there. And, you know, just kind of picturing it in my head, Kyle Shanahan looks like shit. Like, I've talked on this podcast before. I've mentioned it to somebody. I believe it was KP. You can get on Google right now and and, and search Abraham Lincoln aging. And over the course of the Civil War, which was uh, three or four years, Civil War length. Yeah, four years. It was almost exactly four years, just a couple weeks over. Abraham Lincoln looks like he aged 20 years. I'm going to search it right now. Literally, you can probably hear me punching the keys. Abraham Lincoln aging. It is unbelievable. It makes you feel so bad for the guy that he went through all of that and and then just ended up getting popped in the head. Um, But check it out. And it it shows how much he aged. This picture I'm looking at right now shows 
what he looked like in June of 1860. And then there's another, there's six pictures showing basically one for each year. And then there's one in February of 1865. He literally looks like he aged 20 years. It's freaking sad to look at. There's a, you, you probably might've seen some of those regarding um, Barack Obama from his presidency. He looks like he aged a lot. Kyle Shanahan looks like Abraham Lincoln at the podium. They're both pretty tall. They're both pretty skinny. Kyle Shanahan, go look at his picture from when he was first hired by the the 49ers and look at him now. Kyle Shanahan has been through the ringer. He's been stressed, and it is clearly shown up. (laughs) I know we're going off on a tangent here, but I was watching him talk about the 49ers quarterbacks, and he just looks like he's been through it. He does not look like he's having fun. No, of course he's not having fun. The 49ers have lost four games straight in, you know, a year where everybody thought the 49ers were uh, were going to be good. So, obviously we know why he's not doing great. But at the same time, you you, you got to check that out. You got to check that out. Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting depressing however you want to call it but i feel for kyle shanahan man he looks he looks like he's going through a little bit of abraham lincoln out there um some other interesting comments throughout the week not necessarily anything worth getting spun up about was uh steve young was uh you guys know who steve young is right okay uh joined kmbr uh this week i joined him on wednesday and he's basically i don't want to read all of his quotes he talked a lot he was on there for like 30 minutes um but one of the things he basically said was is one of the reasons the 49ers were able to push through and find their way to the Super Bowl in 2019 was the locker room, was the confidence they had in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the confidence Jimmy Garoppolo had in himself, the leaders like Joe Staley, DeForest Buckner, um, the guys in that locker room that were able to kind of prop everyone up and keep everybody going. And obviously Steve Young knows about a locker room, but I don't know how often he's in the 49ers locker room. But basically he's he's kind of chalked this quarterback competition or lack thereof. He's kind of chalked that up to just kind of, it's not that those two guys are toxic, but that situation is toxic and the locker room wants to support them. But you know, they, they're just so afraid about how things are going to unravel. And they've already started to. Everybody kind of assumed the the Colts at Levi Stadium were, were kind of like a get-right game. And they got their ass kicked, you know, mostly by their own making. And now it's getting to a point where – and Steve Young, big thing, he said, he said, so that's why I say the locker room is fraught with terror because – you just hope that something positive comes out of Chicago. Now, if there's something positive that comes out of Chicago, we can eke out some more wins through this thing without too much more damage to the season, to Jimmy, to Trey. But, you know, he just kind of talked a lot about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has had to battle through the fact that he's no longer the guy. You know, clearly not the guy. He may be the starter, but he's not the guy. And he's playing like crap. The team's losing. Things just kind of come apart at the seams. And I, he, he's basically just saying that that locker room is terrified of what could become um, if the 49ers continue on this path. You know, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to get benched? Because obviously everybody loves him. Is Trey Lance going to get put out there into a shitty situation? Um, you know, and then he, Steve Young went on to talk about kind of what's happened with Justin Fields. Justin Fields was eventually put out there. He hasn't played well. 
Do you bench him again in favor of Andy Dalton? If Trey Lance goes out there and plays bad, do you bench him again in favor of the bench Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, in that scenario? And there's just a lot of ways in which the 49ers season can play out that are just kind of scary. And that's the point Steve Young is making is like the 49ers are kind of on a precipice of a lot of negative shit. And it's already started. We know that by the way the season's unfolding, but it can get a hell of a lot worse, especially when it comes to developing a brand new rookie quarterback, maintaining the locker room, which the 49ers have seemed like they've always been really good at. But at the same time, a lot of the personalities they've had, they don't have anymore. So who knows? Who knows? It was it was a, a, a kind of a grim prognostication from Steve Young about kind of where things could go. But really all it does is hinge upon the Bears and how the 49ers can go to Chicago and eke out a win against a struggling a struggling Bears team that has not been that has not been good. Uh, you know, you've got Justin Fields in there now. He struggled a lot. They just got absolutely destroyed by the very good, obviously, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-3. to The Bears are 3-4. and four. They're in no better shape than the 49ers. Uh, Justin Fields is not praying, playing good against the uh, – Against the Buccaneers, he completed, he actually completed almost 70% of his passes, but he threw three interceptions. I'm not sure all of those were his fault. He only averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. He only threw for 184 yards. So he was having to throw a lot, but he wasn't producing a lot. He didn't throw a touchdown. He had a three interceptions, a 44 quarterback rating. You know, it was, uh, it was not good. You know, I know it's not good because I have a stud like Allen Robinson on my fantasy team who's doing jack and shit now, who's actually on the bench, and you just would have never expected that. And that's just a small microcosm of how things are going in Chicago. So, you know, Steve Young is is kind of referring to that situation, saying, like, you know, the 49ers could very well be in the same situation as the Bears, where they have kind of a promising rookie quarterback that's been thrust out into a shitty situation and he's not winning. Is that is that actually hindering his development? And then you could kind of, when you talk about it that way, maybe you can relate to Kyle Shanahan a little bit and why he's not in a hurry to get Trey Lance out there. Because if it if it unfolds how it is for Justin Fields, can you even say that experience is good? I know I just did a little bit earlier, and I, and I do think there's probably an argument to make for that. Like. At least he's out there getting experience, taking snaps, learning the ropes. But under these circumstances, I'm sure there's a point that could be made that it could actually be a hindrance to development. I don't know. So Steve Young, Kyle Shanahan, you can kind of see both their points and how things could get pretty dicey for the 49ers with just a few little changes. You know, just a, a couple things happen. The team's in, in even worse shape. The quarterback situation's in bad shape. Uh, you know, you want him, Steve Young did say this, you want to go into next season going, yep, Trey Lance is the guy, let's roll. I don't know how exactly that comes to pass, but what you really don't want to do is the 49ers have Trey Lance. Is he the answer? I don't know. He wasn't great to end that season. I don't know. Maybe it's all just beating around the bush and, you know, whatever it is will be, and you just you got to get the guy out there to experience snaps. Or, you know, if the situation is really that shitty, then keep Jimmy Garoppolo out there and protect Trey Lance from it. There's so many different ways you could lean in terms of how you feel about the situation. So just interesting nonetheless. You know, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that 
benching Jimmy Garoppolo and throwing Trey Lance out there isn't a foolproof recipe for success, but neither is the inverse. Neither is keeping Jimmy Garoppolo out there just to protect Trey Lance from whatever you think will happen when there's a real possibility that Trey Lance could go out there and shine and really bring something new to the table, and and it really helps his development going into 2022. There's There's just many ways in which that could play itself out that not necessarily right or wrong, good or bad, but it, it, it's it. We'll see kind of how it plays out. Now, the last thing we'll do really quickly is just kind of preview um, the Bears. The first thing I'd want to do. Sorry, a little little sniff, sneak, sneak through over there. Uh, the Bears injury report is is better than the 49ers, but the one big giant glaring, um, not omission, but inclusion is linebacker Khalil Mack. Uh, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL uh, is not practicing. And I know that he did not practice on Thursday today when I'm recording this, and it's not looking like he'll practice on Friday, but we'll see. Uh, Matt Nagy did say uh, that he wasn't really the – it was reported that he wasn't going to play against the 49ers. Then Matt Nagy kind of walked that back saying, we're not ready to rule him out just yet. Um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, that is a huge, huge deal. Uh, then you have a, a, a lot of limited participants. Uh, nothing to, nothing that necessarily seems like they're going to get ruled out, per se. You know, you've got Allen Robinson. He's practicing in full with an ankle injury. Akeem Hicks, he's, he's limited with a groin injury. Uh, we'll see. But obviously, that big, big uh, name in Khalil Mack will... We'll, we'll, That'll have a big difference in how the game plays out. Khalil Mack's a good player. Hasn't been in the headlines like he used to be, but at the same time, he's still Khalil Mack, and he's still out there doing the damn thing. To me, the best-case scenario – we'll just talk about this real quick before we get out of here. Best-case scenario for me against the Bears is Jimmy Garoppolo looks competent, and and Kyle Shanahan even said this in his press conference. I do believe the Bears' defense is better than it's looking on the scoreboard right now. I mean, there's not we we've seen this as as 49ers have played despite the, the atrocious pass interference penalties that we just saw. We know the 49ers defense is respectable right now. We know that. At the same time, the offense has been atrocious, so the defense just keeps keeps getting thrown out to the wolves over and over and over with so many three and outs from the offense. Defense, you're back out there. Defense, you're back out there. Get out there, make a play for us. Uh, at some point, defense just can't do that. And I think Chicago's kind of in the same boat. It's a respectable defense, and the offense can't do shit, so they just keep getting thrown out there, thrown out there. Eventually, offense is going to start scoring. And that's the way it is. So I think the 49ers are in a similar position as the Bears. I think the Bears have a better defense than it's looked over the past weeks. And to me, a part of the best case scenario is that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense comes out and looks competent. They come out and they look competent and they put up points like we're used to putting them up points. That doesn't mean they go in and they light up the Bears just like the Buccaneers did. It means they go in there and they put up 20-something points. They put up enough points to win the game and to to give the defense some some slack. Okay, and Then obviously the best-case scenario for the defense is they take advantage of the fact that the Bears' offense has sucked. What you don't want to see is kind of like now, uh, you know, obviously the rain was one factor, but Horrible pass interference, penalties, and mistakes were another factor. Uh, but the Colts haven't been great, and they came out and 
and and in the rain looked very good against the 49ers defense. You know, or at least very good at taking advantage of the 49ers defensive weaknesses. What you don't want to see is well, I guess that's my worst case scenario. So the Bears offense, I'm still on the best case scenario. The Bears offense, the 49ers defense comes out and takes advantage of the fact that the Bears offense does not know what it's doing right now. It does not look good. Justin Fields is not getting a whole lot of help. He is constantly running for his life. And with the 49ers defensive front, whether Javon Kinlaw, I mean, without Javon Kinlaw, even without him, is still very, very deadly. So the best case scenario is the 49ers defense comes out and continues to shut down the Bears offense like the Buccaneers just did. And the Buccaneers, I don't believe, have a better defense than the 49ers. So that is the best case scenario that the 49ers defense comes out and looks like a decent 49ers defense against a shitty uh, Chicago Bears offense being quarterbacked by a rookie quarterback that just seems a little overwhelmed right now. Now, worst case scenario. The offense led by Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and struggles just in the same way we've seen them struggle throughout a few games now. And there just doesn't seem to be any improvement because that to me digs far deeper than just losing the game. You know, it's it's that Kyle Shanahan is unable to right the ship and whatever the problems are with the with the boat. And the the uh, despite the fact that other offenses are able to have success against the Bears, the 49ers are unable to. They can't move the ball, they can't run it. Jimmy Garoppolo continues to make dumb passes and make mistakes. Um Kyle Shanahan is digging him further into the I've got to start Trey Lance uh, rabbit hole. And, you know, Brandon Ayuk's not getting receptions. It, you guys know what it looks like. If really the worst case scenario is the 49ers offense continues to look how it looks now against the Bears. And there's just no improvement, which to me is a bigger indictment of, of Kyle Shanahan than it is of anybody else. Like you cannot, you and your offensive genius and persona cannot find a way to get this this show going, which is just unacceptable. You're the coach. If you're, if it's an execution thing, then you have to coach your players um, in a way that they're going to execute it properly. You know, it, it goes further than that, but that's a worst case scenario that the 49ers come out against a struggling bears team and doesn't look any better. And then obviously the worst case scenario on the defensive side of the ball is that all of a sudden the bears offense looks competent. They've been struggling like crazy against everybody else, and then they come up against the 49ers, and all of a sudden the Bears defense looks like, or excuse me, offense looks like it's on back on track. Justin Fields has a great game. Allen Robinson on my bench catches eight passes for 110 yards and a touchdown. All of this stuff that hasn't been happening at all last season or throughout the season, all of a sudden starts happening against the 49ers. That is a worst case scenario. The 49ers don't want to make it look like the Bears improved against them. They want, you know, they want to inflict the Bears' worst case scenario on them. And the fact that, like what I said with the 49ers, the 49ers come out and they just don't look like they've improved offensively at all. That's what the 49ers defense wants to do to the Bears. They want to make sure that the Bears look like they're still struggling. And that means the 49ers have a great chance of winning the game and get some damn turnovers. I'm pretty sure the 49ers defense is on the wrong side of the NFL when it comes to creating turnovers. So um, this is a real chance for them to take advantage of, of something the Bears have been perfectly willing to do, and that's turn the ball over. So worst case scenario on offense, it sucks. Worst case scenario on the defense, it sucks. But obviously it goes a little further than that. But 
the worst thing for the 49ers is to face a team like the Bears that have been struggling on offense, and then all of a sudden they look great. And that means the 49ers are in trouble. Moving to, you know, two and five with five straight losses, the last two to the Colts at home and then the Bears, then you're looking at some serious doom and gloom shit, folks. <laughs> Y'all don't need me to tell you that. But that is just strictly unacceptable for where this team is from a talent standpoint. So hopefully, a little bit of hope, hopefully we don't go there. The 49ers are favored surprisingly, against the Bears. I guess it's not that surprising. Despite the fact that it's a road game. So if they manage to find a way to screw this up, then, you know, it, it, it's, it becomes a much, much different conversation. But, all right. I think that's it, folks. I think that's all she wrote. Appreciate you guys for listening to me for almost 50 minutes. Hopefully I'm not wasting your time. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Y'all know what it is. Y'all have been running through this season just like I have. We'll see what the 49ers can do. Hopefully, uh, they start to look like they're, they're bringing it around. All right. That's what I want to see. It's a talented team. I want y'all to enjoy the season. Um, I want to enjoy the season. I want to watch them do the damn thing. So hopefully they can start turning around the bears because they just, like I said, have a, a such a crucial two game stretch coming up against the Cardinals and the Rams at home. Um, if they can make some noise there, they can make some noise this season. If they, if they can make some noise against the Cardinals and the Rams at home, um, things can turn around. But they're right there. They're at the point, you know, they're at the fork in the road. So, hey, I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for making this podcast what it is. Thank you for all the funny comments y'all leave me on Twitter. I love them. Whether I, I respond or not, um, hopefully I can make the time to respond to them. But I, I still read them and I still love them. So I appreciate y'all. Um, don't forget to, uh, if you're planning on going to a 49ers game this season, don't forget to jump on TickPick.com slash gold to, uh, to get yourself some discounted tickets, no fees, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you're rating, commenting, reviewing, subscribing, downloading, all that good podcast stuff. Um, and thank you again for sticking with us. Um, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com